Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it is Tuesday night in the NBA. We've got a seven-game slate to talk about with you guys. In this video, we're taking a look at Utah playing host to the Cavaliers, the return of Donnie Mitchell. Also got another game video up for you and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content up there and use that odds finder tool that we have so you can make sure you're getting the best juice back on all these sports books, offering you guys NBA bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this little slate here and then talk Yaz and Cavs. Yeah, Pistons are plus 12 at Philly. Joel Embiid has a chance to return for that one, but they just whooped the Pistons without him. So uh, we'll see the the Heat, Thunder. Right now, I don't even see a line because, once again, Miami's entire team is listed as questionable. Uh, keep an eye on the injury report there. Hornets plus eight at the Raptors. This game we're talking about, Cleveland is minus three at Utah. The total's been pretty set at 227. Surprise, we haven't seen much movement. The Suns are plus 12 at Golden State. Uh, another star, potentially, Steph Curry could play. Um, either way, the Suns might be without Aiton in addition to Booker and Chris Paul. So I don't know who's left for that will be gone franchise. The other game we look at, Portland is minus 7.5 at home against Orlando. And then another injury news game to watch, of course, involving the Clippers. Uh, we think Paul George is out. Uh, Luka is questionable. Uh, so that's pretty much a pick em, Dallas at the Clips. Um, yeah, I mean, Cleveland at Utah, I would have thought this would be getting bet up uh, the total. I mean, fair enough. The, the Cavs do play pretty low-scoring games on average, um, and certainly on average on the road. They score less. Um, you know, their defense is still pretty good. They can't really throw throw water in the ocean from three. I mean, that's the thing, though. They struggle – to shoot from three. They have bad spacing with Mobley. And, and when they play Okoro or Lamar Stevens at the three, they have really bad spacing. Uh, <clears throat> but this matchup is just fine for that. If you don't hit threes against Utah, you can go inside. This is a team that gives up the second most pain points at home, second highest uh, percentage of points on twos, the most free throw attempts at home. Um, and Cleveland's kind of picked it up on the road offensively, scoring 111 the 119 rating and getting 21 free throws in their last six road games here. And of course now they have Donnie Mitchell in his revenge spot uh, and they have Darius Garland. And when they have both those guys, they're scoring 116, including a 122 outing against Utah. Um, and that game was a game the jazz didn't come along because of their own road struggles. And, and we've covered that extensively. Every time we seemingly talk about the jazz, it's a huge discrepancy. They score 121 at home versus 115 on the road. They play three possessions faster, and they hit a ton more threes, which likewise, if you want to score inside on Utah, you want to score from the perimeter against Cleveland. You don't want to be attacking the rim as much. So uh, the key here, I, I think, is that Cleveland, third game of a five-game road trip, and we talked – we know about their struggles. In November, they went on a five-game road trip after looking like world beaters, and I think they lost every single one of those games. But what happened after a while on the road is the defense just started to fall out. And exactly the third game, you know, they go over against the Clippers, total of 236. Next game at Sacramento, total of 247. So it gets a little bit more freewheeling, it seems, they, they as they start to wear down. 
And in general, I mean, because Donnie's been so hot, because Garland's been hot when he's in there, they've gone over an eight of their last 11, and two of those three unders are against the Suns, who, as I just mentioned, you know, have nobody out there right now and have been scoring like 83 on the regular. Um, so, I mean, the Jazz are a team that, that can play some crazy shootouts. You, we're becoming used to seeing their home totals at like 242 at this point. Um, really, no matter who they're playing, I mean, they're, they've, they're averaging 241 right now in their last eight games while, while losing seven of those games. And they tend to go over after a loss. They go over with a little rest advantage. This is a big spot for them with Donnie coming back. And they have two more days off before a home back-to-back. So I, I think, you know, this time Utah comes along for the ride. They only scored 99 in Cleveland. And I think both teams are are in the 110s here, and hopefully that gets us over 227. Yeah, which 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 Cavs team are we getting? Um, we know which Jazz team we're getting, especially because they're at home. Um, it's a team that's going to score a lot of points. Uh, they, they will miss Kelly Olynyk tonight, and they they've obviously been missing Con Sexton on the defensive end as well. But um, yeah, I think maybe Danny Ainge is a little bit happy that they're missing certain guys at times. I don't think he was thrilled with a ten and three start um, when they're trying. I think they all thought they were going to be a little bit worse, um, and they've definitely regressed because they started ten and three. I think there's something like ten and twenty since that time frame. Um, so they're they're definitely coming back to who we thought they were to a degree. Um, but I think what's interesting is you know even though I mean first of all they're still scoring 115 points a game on the road so like the jazz are a team that play a very specific type of way uh with lori markinen who i finally heard the absolute best nickname for the finisher with two ends high quality nickname for him i can't believe it's the first time i heard it was yesterday uh but at any rate uh the, the way that they play through him um and then obviously everyone else is sort of allowed to chuck to a degree right like jordan clarkson definitely allowed to chuck we'll talk about him more mike conley definitely taking a step back in his scoring role but i mean it's still nice to have a, a point guard like a a veteran adult point guard out there uh, for them as he's really the only one at this point. You saw Joe Ingles playing really well for Milwaukee last night as our pseudo point guard. They definitely miss him in that regard. So that's where Mike Conley steps in um, and and not really much of a score, but he does sort of finesse everything else around him to make everybody, including Malik Beasley, much better as well. So I think even in losses, this team is scoring 111 points. So let's say they lose tonight, right? And, and the Cavs drop the 116 that they've been averaging on the road. And when Donnie and Darius Garland play, that's pretty much where you're at for that 226 total even like I'm saying even in a jazz loss at home where you might worry that the Cavs defense prevails a bit I think the Cavs offense is still going to prevail plenty tonight uh to, to what you're saying there as well um neither like Kelly Olenek being out doesn't even really impact the uh the jazz offensive rating it's pretty much the same with and without him this season in the, in the four games that he's missed so there's really nothing here in a trend that tells me that that you know the Cavs are going to have a little bit more for the 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 jazz on defense to really keep them from scoring what they normally do maybe it's not 121 but still you got to imagine it's going to be 114 to 120 in that range uh you know if, if the jazz are playing as well as, as they've been playing at home as well you know and, and like you said the amount of points that they're scoring the Cavs on the road you know you, you worry about their offense a little bit um you know even obviously that Suns game was a, a slobber knocker if you will and like no nobody could probably name half the Suns roster that started that game uh so it's not like that was much to, to take away from but obviously against the Nuggets only 108 points against the Bulls the 103 and then the 
the pacer. So I think you, you're kind of seeing the Cavs play at the pace, especially when they're on the road. You're seeing them play at the pace and the style of the team that they're playing. Um, they've gone over against teams like the Spurs on the road, like the Pacers and like the Timberwolves. And they've gone under, uh, you know, when they're playing teams like the Suns. Obviously, the, the, the Nuggets, they were missing guys and the Nuggets are, are still maybe the best team in the league right now. Um, but then talk about the Mavs under, uh, Raptors under, and etc. right? Bucks under. So like the teams that play defense in this league are the ones that the Cavs are sort of going at playing at their style of play. Uh, the teams that are playing at the Jazz pace of play, right? Like 100 to 103, that's where the Cavs are going over as well. So I, I think they're sort of taking on almost the identity. And maybe that's a, a nod to their versatility, right? Because they can play inside and out so well. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, the strength of, of this team is going to be the guard scoring and those big men really when they can dominate their matchup, they also thrive, right? When they're playing against teams who are not solid down low in the paint, who can't hang with Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, that's where, you know, the Cavs are thriving even more so. So it does feel a little bit like they're primed for a win in a matchup tonight where they, they should be dominating everything down low. And then everything outside on the wing is pretty much even Steven between these two teams. I don't really want to pick a winner in this one. I guess I would slightly lean towards Cleveland. Um, I do just want to hope that the revenge narrative we have on both sides, let's not forget, um, you know, inspires some good, yeah. some good shooting, um, some aggressive play. And, you know, the Cavs are actually dead last in three point percentage allowed in their last three, they're 28th on the road versus average at home. So Utah, Jordan Clarkson, and, and marketing can both get it going from deep. Um, you know, Clarkson in his last four at home, hitting five threes at 47%. And both those guys, while the team only scored 99, both those guys had 47. And we're having pretty good games from an efficiency standpoint, 45% in Cleveland. Uh, this is a different team at home, Utah. This is a different team when Mike Conley's right. Um, you yeah. know, that's kind of why the bottom fell out for them is because he missed a little bit of time. And he just keeps their offense regulated lets it not devolve into total like Jordan Clarkson gunning uh mode like you're talking about and they're going to need that uh it, with marketing you know going up against Mobley and Allen he might not be quite as productive but we haven't really seen him struggle against anybody and the Cavs offense is exactly like you said yeah I mean when they face like a Milwaukee a Toronto it's it's going to be in the 107 range or lower but I looked through that game log with Donovan Mitchell and Garland, and they're much closer to 120 against any team that isn't, you know, elite defensively. Obviously, we know what Donnie can do with the 71-point game. And he basically rested, you know, kind of looking ahead to this one, played one against Phoenix, but he's coming into this one. He does not want to have a dud in his first trip back to Utah. And as he goes, often the Cavs offense goes. Yep, 100%. I mean, he sat against the Nuggets and Garland sat against the Suns. So it was kind of like, you know, your turn, my turn against in, in a game that they probably weren't going to win in, at, in Denver. And then a game that they knew they were going to win in Phoenix, especially with Chris Paul and everybody else sitting. So, um, yeah, this is this is a pretty prime opportunity for points. I, I do think 226 does remain a little bit low. Just really need uh, that Cavs offense to, to do what it does when it has both those guards in the backcourt. So, yeah, Orlando plus seven and a half here on a back-to-back -back in Portland. The total's 230. Um, tough, tough total, I guess. Um, but I do look at Portland's team total at 118.5. While high, I think very much attainable. Um, Orlando is obviously a rebuilding team. They shouldn't really be effective by zero rest, considering how young they are and how deep they are in the front court. But they just haven't come with it. Um, 
you know, the last four back-to-backs for them, giving up at least 121 to Toronto, to Detroit, to Memphis and Atlanta. Uh, Memphis on the road, I should add. These are not teams that you necessarily expect to light it up. Uh, But Portland at home has been able to light it up pretty consistently. They just haven't played at home. They've literally four home games since November. Um, And now they get six of their next seven at home. This is their easiest matchup. They get Cleveland, and then they get back-to-back Dallas games later in the week at home. Um, Their last six, though, when they have played at home, scoring 125. Pace goes up to 101.3. We're talking 52-42-81 splits as a team. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they score at all three levels. There's no weakness here. There's not a lot of things to point out for like, oh, Orlando gives up more on the perimeter versus down low. They do have good three-point defense. But Orlando, what they don't have is guards, uh, guards with experience or really guards with defensive chops. And so you you could look at Lillard and um, and Anthony Simons as potential blow-up candidates, of course. I mean, Dame's prop is up at 29 points at home. Um, they've won three of their last four and the loss came when, without game. So, I mean, in basically a throwaway game. Uh, so uh, this is a good matchup against Orlando. Of course, the question is, will they cover right? Seven, seven and a half points, a little scary, but uh, I mean, Portland is 10 and five against the spread at home, winning by six points per game. When they're home favorites, they're winning by nine points per game, six and four against the spread. If you are worried about it, I think you can tease the total down to 226 or, you know, tease another game on a seven-game slate here um, and get Portland at three, three and a half. I mean, I think they almost certainly win this game. Like, they've lost three straight on the road. Like I said, the schedule has been tough in terms of them not getting to play at home. It's a great place to play, and and then they've been lighting it up at home, and they do have their guys here. Nurkic, GP2 are both probable. Um, so obviously a superior team in a superior rest situation. Yeah. And, and there's some sort of distorted numbers for Orlando, I would say in terms of like they're against the spread stuff, their, their, their trend stuff. It's like, they're, they're basically like around 500 in terms of like covering the spread in certain, in the sort of the exact same situation as this one where they're on the road. They're, they're at a rest disadvantage. Um, you know, they're the underdog, blah, blah, blah. But like they're, they're losing all their, their average, like, you know, margin of defeat is like seven, eight points in all of these situations. They're, they're losing by a lot. Um, and, and they're, they are susceptible to getting blown out. Even if they do make like a brief comeback, like they did against the Grizzlies, they still lose by eight points in that game. Um, and, and that's sort of been a bit of a trend on the road for them, despite that one, uh, the thing that, that I think stands out for everybody, uh, with them on the road is that, that win against the dubs that was i think probably the surprising uh game of that weekend where they won by 14 in golden state holding the dubs to 101 points uh and really held jordan Poole in check etc the exact opposite of last night like De'Aaron fox did whatever he wanted whenever he wanted uh as did demontis sabonis and then as a result keegan murray's getting wide open threes uh malik monk is getting wide open shots so i mean the way that those two guys controlled them last night is Pretty reminiscent of another solid point guard in Dame Lillard with even more of a three-point threat. Um, Probably a better running mate at shooting guard in terms of Anthony Simons. And then a passing big man in in Yusuf Nurkic uh, that I think will also give them a ton of trouble down low. So I I, I think this is a, a game that you know, it's kind of ripe for the magic to, to get blown out almost. I think one of the key stats that, that I kind of realized a little bit late too is 
if Portland's getting fast break points, then Orlando's done. And Orlando doesn't really get back on defense. They allow the, the fifth most uh, fast break points in the league. And uh, Portland there at home specifically, number two in terms of the amount of fast break points they're putting up. They're definitely running and gunning at home where they put up that 118 points per game versus the 108 on the road. Um, and then, yeah, that, that pace is th- like three possessions more per 100 at home than on the road, which is huge. And the reason that, you know, everything is just up and inflated for them on offense at home. They're, they're, they're also shooting uh, six. 61% true shooting percentage is good for top five at home versus the 57 uh, true shooting that they're shooting on the road from all over. And, and obviously that takes into account where you're shooting from, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, the, 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 th- the 14 threes on 40% at home, it's just tough to be like, is that going to be what they do here? Because they played twice at home in the last like, you know, three weeks or whatever it's been. So you're a little bit skeptical, but it does, it's a play. They're healthy. This is a time, you know, which is crucial as well. This is a time where they're coming back home where they're 10 and five uh, against the spread. Uh, and nine and six straight up in that in these situations um, and and against a team that they have handled pretty handily uh, because of the I think in, in part because of the way that they play uh, and giving them problems like you said guard play fast pace uh, getting back it's hard for you know four six ten dudes to get back to help Markel Fultz uh, in that transition defense which is why it's bottom five in terms of their transition D this year so I, I think Portland knows that and I think the fact that they play at a faster pace at home and get more fast break points like a lot more fast break points shows you something uh, for how they're going to play tonight. And that's a problem for, for this Orlando team. I don't really feel anything about the total. Cause I think like you said, tough total, like it's right on in terms of about two thirty. If anything, I might go a smidge under because I'm scared of, of Orlando coming along for the ride. But if you think that those fast break points are coming in droves for, for Portland, they're, they're scoring close to one twenty. in which case I, I still feel like it's going to be somewhat of a blowout. Cause I'm worried about Orlando's ability to come along with them. Uh, and I'm not really afraid of the seven points. I still think that's my favorite bet of this game. Yeah, I mean, you're right on with the 6'10 guys getting back and also them making rotations in the half court. And that's why we saw Sacramento last night, 39 assists, 23 threes at 50%, just completely carving them up. Uh, I mean, once there's more film on these guys, I mean, it's been a while now, but it's just a, a good coach with with a balanced offense can easily carve up this team. Uh, and don't forget Chauncey Billups, you know, played in the in the aughts and nineties when there were a lot of big lineups out there and he knows exactly how to how to call out a, a slow footed big and get his guys good shots. So I mean, yeah, Portland's offense we do expect to go off here. Uh, that's why we're looking at the team total. And if you think they're gonna score one twenty, you're probably I, I I think maybe leaning towards the over, but yeah, like we we could see Orlando just call it early here like they did in their last game. Uh, The one thing to look at is, though, that Portland does give up the fifth most pain points at home. So Paolo, Franz Wagner and and company should should still be getting enough points, I think, to get to get over. But I think we both just like Portland to, to get back on track here as they come back home. Yeah, that is what I like. And and I like that, you know, them to to continue to play out like I guess my, my game theory that I'm telling you here is, um, you know, the fact that they are, I expect them to score, you might think over. Um, but with Orlando, I'm worried about their offense coming along big time, like to the tune of 106 points per game on the road this season, right? With just 10 made threes from at 33%, um, something that they have needed as of late in terms of the amount of points they're scoring off three. They are getting to the free throw line about the 11th most, but Portland at home only allowing 22 free throw attempts a game, which is good for like top 12 in the league or so. Um, and yeah, you know, 
road eight and nine to the over for them. Games averaging about 218 for Orlando because of that 106 that they're scoring. So even if, you know, Damon company put up that 118, 120 that we think they can, um, I, I don't think that Orlando can get to 110 tonight. We'll see. You know, maybe they're going to pull something out that, that is a bit surprising as there's been a few of those sort of random moments that they kind of go off and you're surprised. You see Palo score 30 and Franz score 24. And, uh, and that's the case there. But with Jeremy Grant there as well, a so- solid, uh, you know, defender that is a huge reason why, um, you know, Portland is defending the wing so much, so much better this year, not to mention the full season of having Josh Hart. Um, so I, I don't think it's a great matchup for Orlando at all, as it hasn't been for a while. Um, and, and Damon company can handle business uh, pretty easily. So seven points for me is my favorite bet in this one. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, going uh, with a guy who's integral to what the Raptors do and Scotty Barnes. Um, they've been a little bit more balanced lately since Siakam was going off for a while, but he's been cold from the field uh, in his last eight. Scotty averaging 17 points, eight rebounds, and five assists, playing that kind of point center point small forward role whatever you want and that's right in line with what he averages at home this season at home like many young players far far more efficient he's shooting 49 percent from the field versus 38 percent on the road has a 117 offensive rating at home and a 97 on the road Um, and he's facing the hornets tonight uh, a team that on the road just never even brings the defense in their last nine road games they're playing at a 104 pace, which is just money for all your peripheral stats. Um, you know, I, I think you can take Barnes any way you slice it here. 16 points, sure. Uh, 23 and a half points rebounds I like a lot here. I mean, this Hornets team that gives up the second most rebounds, fourth most assists, and third most points. So across the board. Um, and then you're not getting great uh, odds, but 11 and a half rebounds assists is probably the most likely here since Scotty, like you're saying, is about a 13 rebound and assist guy. Um, the Hornets do give up the most defensive rebounds per game because they are bad shooting. And in, in addition to playing at a ridiculous pace, Scotty's defensive rebounding rate is up. And last year as a rookie, he averaged 21 and a half points per game against Charlotte in two matchups. So uh, he can clearly get it done down low against this team and he will also fill up the other stat line yeah i, lo- I love the rebounds for sure uh a ton with, with, with in this game i think there's going to be plenty of them uh, as you mentioned charlotte's insane pace and putrid offense this season a lot of chuckers uh, a lot of guys al- allowing you to get some defensive boards for sure so uh, i'm gonna move on to my guy jordan clarkson i say my guy because we went to the same school miz go mizzou 24 and a half points and assists for jay clark tonight minus 113 on fanduel uh you can get him to get over 20 and a half uh points so the 21 points is 
minus 105, actually. Uh, I like throwing the assist in there, too. Kelly Olynyk's not playing tonight. Uh, no Colin Sexton con- continues to be out. So I, I think, you know, there, there's something to be said for adding those. In his last seven, he's got 21 a game. Um, but the four and a half assists, as well as what I'm really looking at, uh, a bit more of a facilitator. Definitely getting the minutes, too, which is always a thing with him. Um, if he's just staying in the game, then that he's going to continue to get those assists, I think, a bit more. Without Kelly O this season, he's actually up in numbers, 23 a game and five assists in those games as well. Uh, Mike Conley played in all five of those games, or four of those games, rather, that Kelly Olenek missed this season. So it's not like Jordan Clarkson's assists are affected by Conley being in the game necessarily, especially when he takes over that second unit for a while. Um, and versus the cast, since leaving the team, he does have a, like three games where he had a few duds, but he only played 20 minutes or less in those games uh, when he was a member of the Jazz. Uh, 13 points and five in five assists in those games. But in the two, last two, actually, uh, that he played against them where he's been getting all the minutes for, for um, Utah, two games with 30 more or more minutes, uh, he's gotten 22 and a half points uh, and the three assists right there, which also gets you over the 25. So, you know, he's been insane at home lately, about five threes made on 10 attempts at about 47% clip um, in his last four home games specifically. So, uh, you know, this is a team, obviously, that we, we talk about scoring so many more points at home. He he's, should be uh, right on track with that, with the way that he's been shooting the ball from deep as well. So I like the, the points and assists just as much as anything tonight. Yeah, and if you like the over, like we say in the game video, 227, uh, we're going to need Clarkson to go over 20 points. Um, I'm surprised you threw the assists in there since you like to talk about how much he chucks, but he is getting those numbers right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, he did have a good game against in Cleveland, as did Laurie Markkinen. It's just that the rest of the team didn't produce, but I think at home they should be much more well-rounded uh, in this matchup. And- well, I, I should have said you're right because I didn't know quite this. I hadn't seen the stat yet that you brought up, which was 4.83s made uh, in his last four home games, which leads me to go two and a half threes made is, is his prop on DK at plus 110. Uh, that seems like maybe where we should have even started a bit more uh, with the points and, and, the, and the threes made in this one. Oh yeah, love that. Love that plus odds there. Yeah, you can't really score on inside on Cleveland that much, exactly. but they're dead last almost in three-point percentage allowed on the road. Um yeah. this third one is not for the faint of heart, but if you want a little bit of, mm-hmm. of plus juice here, DK is offering plus one oh five for SGA to go under twenty-nine and a half points. Um I once again would tack on ten peripherals and for a safety bet here and go under 39 and a half PRA uh, because he's not producing a ton of peripheral stats, especially on the road. His last five, he's getting just, um, you know, seven rebounds and assists combined. Basically he's getting 30 points per game, but has gone under 28 in three of his last five roadies here as the thunder kind of scale back. His usage is down from basically 35 to 33% recently, still insane, but, Look, Miami at home, even though they're listing everybody as questionable, I think Jimmy Butler is going to be out there. Um, I, I think that Spolstra has some a great team scheme in place for basically a one-man wrecking crew. It's like, who's going to beat us uh, other than SGA? And he's never gone over 27 points against Miami. You look at just the seven when he became the man in OKC, he's averaging 20 and a half points, four rebounds, four and a half assists. Um and a 27% usage rate. Miami, more importantly, has started to play Miami basketball, if you will. 94 and a half pace in their last four, 108 defensive rating, allowing the fifth fewest points to both point guards and shooting guards in their last 15 days here. And four of their last five home games have gone under 
again, with that 94 and a half pace. So I just don't think there's going to be a lot of goodies here for anybody. And I think Miami's defense will be locked in on SGA. Not for the faint of heart, but I mean, SGA versus Miami is something we've talked about before. I can't remember if it was this season or last season, uh, but we've taken an SGA under because they were playing Miami uh, in either this, like I said, this probably last season is what I'm remembering. Um, but yeah, I, I feel it in, in that sense. And and honestly, Victor Oladipo is coming to, to play these days. Um, he's been, you know, Hero's been in and out of the lineup. He actually tweaked his knee at the end of the last game. I'm not sure if he's going to play tonight. I would guess he's not playing tonight because it was a really weird knee knee injury that I imagine they want to do a little bit more research on before they throw him back out there. Um, And Depot has been playing with and without hero, but now the hero's out, I think he and Jimmy Butler, uh, there was like a weird thing that they didn't like playing together. And then they completely squashed that in the last couple of weeks. And Depot has been back actually leading uh, the league in steals over that time as well. Uh, So yeah, two, two guys definitely capable of locking up SGA as much as anybody else can be so far this year. So 30 points remains high uh, for anybody, maybe not him, but it remains high enough to, to feel good about an under if you're getting plus odds there, for sure. The, the value's great there. Um, let's finish things off with Jeremy Grant here. Jeremy, uh, take we talk about that uh, Orlando and Portland game, and uh, Jeremy's had a great season, man. He's been such a, a huge part of what they do, and including on defense, but uh, I love the peripherals for him tonight, including the points. 27.5 PRA. I mean, he's averaging 20.5 on the season. Uh, I think he's capable of getting that tonight, for sure. And then now you're only talking about eight uh, rebounds and assists combined. Uh, I also love the stocks for our guy where I think, you know, he's going to be having to D up all over the place. It's going to be a crazy night of switching as long as it's him, uh, you know, between he and Josh Hart, there's going to be a ton of switching going on uh, all over the floor tonight. Even maybe even with uh, Nurk as well. um, Since there's just so many, so many six ten dudes on the floor for Orlando. Uh, So the steals and blocks one and a half there. If you get more than that, it's minus minus one ten on, on DraftKings. I like that as well at home on the season. We're talking about 21 points a game, about four and a half rebounds and two and a half assists. Uh, so definitely getting you over the, the 28 PRA there. Uh, and then even more so in his last seven, about 27 a game there, five boards, two and a half assists. Um, so he's just, he's really efficient as well. Uh, when you look at what he's done recently at home, 53, 45 splits on a 26% usage rate, getting to the line about five and a half times a game. So, um, you know, w- when he was with Detroit, uh, his last three versus Orlando, also same exact type of numbers. I think it's just a really good matchup for him. Uh, 21 points, about six boards, five assists, a little higher usage uh, in Detroit. Detroit than out here, but he's definitely getting that usage at home. So uh, it's definitely a good spot for Grant to, to get up to 28 uh, points, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, and a little bit of a narrative when he plays Orlando. His uncle Horace, of course, played most of his career <laughs> with the Magic and with the Bulls. Um, and, you know, he's just sh- showing out in general in Portland where his father Harvey played uh, for a few <laughs> years. And, and I mean, I don't know how much this really factors into his mindset as much as, you know, Pay me. I am a great wing player, and I do it on both ends. Um, I do like the steals and blocks, I think, most here. It's crazy to see seven and a half rebounds assist, how low that is, because he actually, yeah. I mean, he has games where he has two rebounds or, or nothing or zero rebounds yeah. um, as Nurkic just gobbles everything up. But I think he'll be tasked with, with making a few steals and blocks here against the young Orlando team. Yeah, and I'm not sure how relevant the Harvey Grant stuff was as much as you just wanted to flex the knowledge that you knew that Harvey Grant was his dad, which is a seriously cool bit of info if you're a huge nerd like we are. At any rate, that is all the time we have for you today. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Got those game videos up for you today as well. Until we see you next, happy betting. Happy betting.